Oh, the YouTube camera says I'm live. Oh, there I am. And there I am. And here I am. I guess we're all here, kids. I guess we're all here because it's the Toronto Beer Podcast with me. Oh, wait. Microphone. Hey, it's me, your host, Chris Schreier. Looking at the waveforms, whether my microphone is up here or jammed directly into my nasopharynx, it does not seem to matter. We get the sound. Hey, do you notice over my shoulder? You can see it on Instagram. You can definitely see it on YouTube. You can't see it at all if you're listening to this as a podcast because podcasts do not have video. But if you're uh, watching one of the uh, things, oh, look, my wife just joined in. Hello, darling. She was just in our bedroom just a second ago. She gave me a funny look because I was trying to pose to make the thumbnail photo. Very awkward. Do not recommend. Anyway, hey, did you notice? That's an IPA glass back there. I should be using that, but I don't know how old it is. It might be really dirty. Could be. Didn't I use an IPA glass last week? I did to drink the Ochame with uh, John and Ryusuke from So Japanese. I don't think that's the same glass. The reason why I'm not reaching for it is because I think actually the reason why it's back there is because my son, who does online school, sits here and he tends to drink milk out of that sort of a glass. And if I'm honest with you, while I'm not, um, I'm not afraid of a lactose-based, say, IPA, milkshake IPA, if you like, um, I don't want to introduce milk into a beer that doesn't actually have it. And I'm drinking a beer, actually, now that I mention it, I'm pretty sure it doesn't have lactose in it. It's a pretty trendy beer, though. Hey, kids, if you like trendy beers, do you like Thrust and IPA from Great Lakes? Because if you do, cool, man, that's what I'm drinking. And if you don't, eh, maybe check out another beer podcast. There are a lot out there. I'm certainly not the only one. Anyway, that's what we're drinking tonight. We're having Thrust, an IPA from Great Lakes Brewery. This is a pretty spectacular IPA. Hey, crafty Jay and a bunch of numbers. Trying to wave at you. Not working. There we go. We got it in the end. Hey, that's what we're drinking. Thrust, an IPA. Hmm. This IPA, I think I got a story to tell about it, but I think we're going to do the beer thing first and then a bit of food thing. Then I'll complain about how cold it is in this room because this room I think is only tenuously insulated and has no HVAC. I mean, there's a vent right outside the door. But it's not inside the door, it's outside the door. It's cold as. Anyway, I'm cold. Uh, but that's good. I like a cold beer. Came out of the icebox. Definitely colder in the icebox. So here we go. Gonna crack this. Ah. Hey, by the by. It's snow day. Did you have a snow day today? I had a snow day today. I feel pretty good about my snow day. Oh, I'm not pouring this on the camera. Here we go, kids. If you're watching at home, this is me pouring the beer. Oh, I bumped my microphone. Happens sometimes. What do we got? Well, it's a Guinness glass if you're watching at home. Often a Guinness glass in this household. If you're wondering, this Guinness glass, stolen by hand from a bar in Ireland. 
Statistically speaking, I stole five glasses uh, in one trip, and this is one of the five. And I stole four of them from a bar in Newton Arts uh, in Belfast, and one from, I think, the Crown right in Belfast, not Newton Arts. I mean, I want to believe this is the one from the Crown, but I think we have to accept this is probably one of the four from the bar in Newton Arts. Uh, and many have broken. I don't have many left. I think I have two. And this is one of the two. Also, don't steal glasses from bars. I know that they get them for free, and that seems like a victimless crime. And nobody has proven me wrong yet. But for the sake of argument, eh, maybe just don't do it. I've worked in bars. It's annoying when people walk out with a glass. And arguably, uh, if you walk out with a, a, a beer glass and there's like a little bit of beer left... Uh, in the bottom, arguably, at least in Ontario, a very prohibitionist uh, province, the bar could technically be charged for letting you leave with uh, open alcohol. So just don't do it. OK, I did it and it was super cool and fun when I did it. And I'm amazing, but don't do it. <laughs> That's the message, apparently. Anyway, let's drink some of this thrust an IPA from Great Lakes. Now, I got this the other day at Great Lakes, and by the other day, I mean Saturday. Today is Monday. It wasn't yesterday. It was the other day, Saturday. Uh, I picked this up uh, at the brewery, which is where you want to get your beer, kids. So let's check this one out. Brewery Fresh. Here we go. Hmm. Uh, on the nose... Uh, it's fruity, a little uh, tropical. Maybe we can narrow this in a little bit. It's funny, there's some citrus to it. There's definitely some citrus, but it's not overwhelmingly citrusy. It's more generally tropical-y. Like pineapple-y, actually. Or, or mm, no, um, hang on. Okay, it's a little pineapple-y, but it's actually mango-y. There's pineapple there, too. I'm not going to go back on that. I'm not walking this one back. It's just there's also mango. Oh, but the thing with mango that's tricky, mango and peaches. You know, Jordan St. John knows a lot about um, terpenes, like hop terpenes. And uh, he'll tell you, oh, uh, that, uh, except you do it like this, you go like, uh, and I'm not making fun, Jordan. Love him to the moon and back. Jordan would be like, oh, well, uh, sounds a bit like Nick Offerman. You know, oh, well, uh, that, uh, uh, that terpene there, uh, uh, that terpene has myrcene in it. Uh, and of course, uh, myrcene, uh, myrcene tastes like, uh, evergreen and, uh, um, the maple, uh, bench that your grandfather, uh, uh, made in his workshop. <laughs> well, I'm having fun, kids, even if you aren't. That's how Jordan does it. And I got to tell you, that dude knows his shit. <laughs> he's he's right nine and a half times out of ten. Anyway, uh, we got peach and mango in here. And as I said, Jordan would tell you peach and mango very closely related in your nose on the tree. I don't know, because I'm not a tree person, biologist, treeologist. I don't know. I'm not a person who knows a lot of stuff about trees. I can tell the difference between a red and a white oak. 
it's all in the leaf. Actually, it's all in something else, but the way that you can identify as the leaves, they're different. So, um, and I can tell the difference between a maple and an elm, which is to say, I couldn't tell you what an elm leaf looks like, but I can tell you what a maple leaf looks like, and it doesn't look like an elm leaf, I think. Anyway, uh, <laughs> what were we talking about this beer? Mango and peach? And a bit of pineapple. I'm still sticking with that. Pineapple-y. Mango, peach, pineapple. That's what I'm getting off the thrust and IPA. Hmm. You know, I always talk about how uh, your brain, you know, we do pattern recognition, right? We, uh, we grab things, and even if you can't put it in a comfortable, you know, bucket of taste or smell or whatever, your brain, because you're a human and you have opposable thumbs, or if you don't, I'm sorry, but statistically speaking, most of us have opposable thumbs. Uh, we also have this overwhelming uh, need to do pattern recognition. And so my pattern recognition, because of that mango and that pineapple, I feel like I'm picking up little notes of rum and uh, and coconut, but I'm afraid that those aren't actual things that are in the beer. I think my brain is saying, hey, you're smelling pineapple. You're smelling mango. Well, do you know what you like to do with that? You like to put rum in there and coconut water and ice, and then you shake it up and you maybe put a squeeze of lime juice in there. So I don't know if I'm actually smelling coconut but I might be but I don't think I am sometimes you get a little coconut off of hops it's possible but I don't think that's what's happening here I think what's happening is my brain my programming is just picking out familiar things pineapple and mango and saying put some rum and some coconut in there which by the way sounds delicious but that's not what we're drinking tonight you know what I haven't even had a sip yet we're 10 minutes in here we go Mmm. Mmm. Oh, yeah. No. No rum and coconut there. Let me have another sip. Hmm. So, before I tell you what I'm tasting, I want to tell you in a broader picture way this beer. This is an IPA, okay, from Great Lakes. We've talked about this. It's uh, Thrust, an IPA, New England IPA. Uh, I'm not going to read too much on the can, but I do just want to look and say, oh, it's it's 6.5% alcohol by volume. This is a, um, it's a not insignificant IPA, okay? Now, I like not insignificant IPAs. I, I drink not insignificant IPAs a lot of the time, most of the time. I mean, I'm fond of uh, Pilsners, too. I have a long-standing love affair with a Pilsner. But I do like a nice... And I mean, I, again, if you're listening to the podcast, forgive me, but if you're watching, that's um, that's opaque. That's the only way to put that. It's maybe not quite orange juice opaque. It's like, you can't see through it, but it's not quite that opaque. But it's opaque, and it's orange. Um tending towards brown in the darker parts. Um, it's a very hazy boy IPA, if you like. I'm going to have a sip, because I do like. Mm. 
the um uh the art of making an IPA like that hmm that's that's a rare rare thing okay i drink a lot of ipas and in fact i drink a lot of ipas from great lakes i drink haze mama a lot i drink octopus wants to fight a lot okay i drink canuck not an ipa it's a pale ale i was drinking one earlier tonight actually two hours ago um I think it's fair to say we all agree, and if you don't, you can just turn this off right now because we're not friends anyway. No offense, but I think we can all agree. Mike Lackey, he's got a pretty dab hand when it comes to working with hops. He does good, makes nice hoppy beers. But Thrust, Thrust is like on a different level. Now, some of you will remember, and I am the first to admit, I've I've said stuff like this before, and I wasn't saying it about thrust. I've probably told the story at least three times about drinking Karma Citra, which is another Great Lakes IPA. Uh, told the story drinking Karma Citra blind at um, the uh, uh, Ontario IPA Challenge, or it was called something like that, at Volo back in the day. And uh, I was drinking all these beers and then I, you know, was marking them and then I drank one and I went, ah, gosh, that's Karma Citra. And I knew, I mean, A, I knew right away and I was right. It was. Uh, And the problem was it made me have to re, I had to adjust all of the scores of the previous beers because like if I if I was marking the Karma Citra against all of those, it would be above the 10 level. I would have had to change the grading scale. So to get back under the 10 level, I had to lower everything else down because it kind of set a new roof. Um, that's kind of what Thrust does, this IPA that I'm drinking right now. Yeah, it's peachy. Uh, there's some pineapple there, but I would I would tend more towards the mango side. We're looking at that uh, stone fruit, tree fruit, like peach and mango. Funny enough, both are fruits with notably large stones in the middle. Uh, mango's a little bit more on the tropical side uh, than peach. Peach has almost an earthy quality, which mango can have. It depends on what type of mango we're talking about here. Uh, This, though, is like a juicy, fresh, ripe Altufo mango uh, with a also juicy, fresh sort of Georgia peach, North Carolina. I don't know. I don't want to get regional on peaches. Let's just call it. It's a Niagara peach. It's a juicy, you know, the kind of peach you get. And if you poke it, it doesn't bounce back. It's not firm. It's squishy, but it also doesn't collapse under your finger. There's some resistance. Uh, also, the stone is not free. It's not a freestone peach. It's uh, the, the stone's covered in stringy bits of peach. The flesh uh, has a density to it that's almost reminiscent of, um, I mean, honestly, if, if, we're, if we're being honest, it's like uni. 
like uh, like in sushi, like uh, a sea urchin. There's a density and a weight to it, a fattiness almost. Um, certainly, you can cut it very pleasingly. It's not fleshy like an apple. It's wet. It's, I don't know. It's wet and a little gooey, but there's density to it. Uh, that's the kind of peach I'm talking about. It's the kind of peach you either have to eat outside or standing over the sink because it's going to run down your shirt. That's the kind of peach we're talking about here. Or alternatively, the kind of mango, because again, they're not the same, but in this context, they do the same thing. They're juicy and dense and sweet. And that's the flavor. That's the, the fruity bit that I get off of here. It's a very hop-driven beer. And amazingly, there's a bit, a bit of evergreen. But it's more like the presence of evergreen. And this is a personal experience. And I, I don't think many of you will have experienced this uh, the way I have. But when I'm biking to and from work in December on the bike path, the Boy Scouts set up a Christmas tree lot at, uh, at Woodbine Beach, um, right off the parking lot. And when I bike past and I find, I get it in the morning, but it's more of an evening thing. It's more when I'm coming west to east and I'm, I'm approaching it, I can see it. I get this aroma on the air of evergreen and it's indistinct. It's not piney, it's not junipery, you know, it's not cedar. It's just a generic evergreeny smell from the tree lot and it's in this beer that's what I get but it's just it's just there it's just on the horizon of what you can taste it's not an evergreeny piney beer by any standard it's peachy mangoey but there's just this of something a little Christmas tree lot on the back of the palate evergreen maybe a little woody <laughs> it does not smell like stinky boy although i thought i was going to go there it doesn't there's no stinky boy in here that would be tremendously romantic if there was but it's it's not hmm. it's not bitter it's not bitter but there's a lot of hops in there and what that means is that the person who put the hops in there knew what the hell they were doing and they put them in at the right time and at the right temperature because it's there's a touch of dryness on the cheeks but what it actually is is there's a, a softness and a density to the beer but there's no squeaky bitterness and I like a good squeaky bitter IPA, um, but I like this a lot. This is uh, this is a special one. Yep, that's that's. I could go a lot more in depth and start grabbing small nuancey flavors. There's a little green apple, maybe. I think there's oats in it. Um, but we don't have to go there. What you need to know is it's a predominantly peachy, mango-y beer, IPA, not a lot of residual bitterness. There's this glimmer of Christmas tree lot. 
I'm really trying to grab something malty, but it's beer. Uh, the finish, it's a little dry, but it's not squeaky. That evergreen, that uh, Christmas tree lot, it shows up on the back of the palette. So the, the fade out to black is Christmas tree lot. And uh, again, it's mostly peach, a little mango. And that's, I don't want to say that's it, because that's underselling this beer incredibly. Um, but that's all I want to talk about. It's so good. Hmm. I mean, I was going to say, is it the perfect IPA? That's a hard question. What is an IPA? Who cares? Is it an English IPA? No, definitely not. If this were an English IPA, it fails on a lot of fronts. Is it a West Coast IPA? Nope. Once again, not nearly squeaky and bitter enough. That's if this were a West Coast IPA again, total failure. Now, it says on the can it's a New England IPA and um, New England. Well, <laughs> I've never been. Have you? I think the accepted standard is that heady topper and to a lesser extent focal banger from the alchemist. Those are sort of the uh, cultural touchstones uh, when it comes to the New England IPA. And uh, I've had both on a few occasions and and they're really nice beers. Um they're great beers, in fact. And, and hmm, I mean, I worry about uh, I worry about that level of like celebrity for a beer. Like if you ascribe that much importance to a beer, it's just a beer <laughs> at the end of the day. Um, you know, you can't uh, you don't want to attach too much emotion to a thing that's just a at the end of the day, an agricultural product. Um uh, but Heady Topper and Focal Banger are spectacular examples of the style. Uh, where does th- where does thrust enter into that? Well, six point five percent. Heady Topper, I think, is technically a double IPA. Like I think it clocks in in like the eight ish range. So we're looking more at like the Focal Banger here. And uh, again, I haven't had one of those in hmm, three-ish years. But from memory, and thinking about what I'm drinking right now, if you're just talking about an exercise of making, um, you know, a six and a half-ish percent hazy, hoppy, but all late hopped IPA, got to be honest with you, I mean, I, d- I don't know if there's any better than that, than the thrust. Focal Banger is fine. I've had it. It's great. If you want to go line up in Vermont or wherever and pick up some cases, you're not going to be disappointed. Um, but I think probably, yeah, probably people should be lining up to buy this by the case. I shouldn't have just been able to walk in and grab a couple off the shelf. That's, um, 
I mean, it's not just an exceptional IPA because the thing is, especially at a commercial level, when you think about making a beer like that, it's just, I mean, is it hard? I mean, yeah, I mean, not a lot of people do it. Um, some people will attempt it, and, uh, and, and to be fair... I certainly haven't had any examples that were like, nope, that's awful. You missed. It's terrible. You messed up on everything. Um, you know, I've had a lot of beers. I've had a lot of beers that are sort of in this spectrum. Uh, hazy six and a half ish percent IPA, late hopped, New England style, you know, you know, hey, if we're honest, this is a, a mosaic citra driven beer. Um, but this one's exceptional. <laughs> this one is really nice. It's really, really nice, really nice beer. Uh, You know, I always worry because there are other IPAs out there I like. I drink a lot of Bone Shaker. I drink a lot of other Great Lake IPAs. I drink a lot of IPAs from other breweries. Um, but, uh, but I don't know. I don't know if you can do much better than a Thrust. I think that one... Thrust an IPA if you're looking for a New England IPA in Ontario or or further afield, but not too far because IPAs don't travel well. Yeah. What the hell? We're here. It's 9.35 p.m. on a Monday night. I'm going to have a sip of beer and say. Yeah, that's that's. That's probably the best IPA in Ontario. Maybe the best in Canada. Hard to say. Certainly, I haven't had better. It's delightful. It's not overwhelmingly bitter. There's a ton of aromatics hitting again on peaches, stone fruit, mango, bit of evergreen, might get a little green apple. Malts are more or less inconsequential, but they're there. There's a... Uh, slightly grassy thing. Um, finish is not particularly dry and bitter, but it lingers with the evergreen and a bit of the peach or mango, a bit of the stone fruit. Um, body is not heavy at all. Drinks like a 5% kind of lager, but um, less carbonation. Carbonation's smaller, a little bit more uh, prickly and, and little, but there's a weight. I'm assuming there's wheat and or oats in that beer. Um, little touch of sharpness, again, possibly from wheat in the malt bill. Also, maybe from the hop, but the hops are so gently administered. I don't think it's from them. I think if anything it is, there's a bit of wheat in the malt bill. It's, um, hmm. 
you know, I don't like to say perfect or like tens. Those things are tough. Uh, but if I was going to, I would say it about that. Thrust is pretty much perfect in terms of uh, New England IPAs. And I I almost hesitate. Uh, I'm looking. It's been 28 minutes for me to get to that. Normally, I've already told you what food to eat with this and done a PSA and wrapped up. So obviously, I'm having a bit of a slow dance. This is a bit of a November rain slow dance. And you remember, it kind of picks up in the middle and you have to try and pretend like you're okay dancing clearly too fast to be slow dancing. Um, we've done that with this beer. Uh, <laughs> but it's... It just, it's still there, and it's still pretty much perfect. And I mean, that's a hard thing to say, because I do. I drink Octopus and Haze Mama all the time from Great Lakes. And it isn't to say that those aren't good IPAs. They're both very good in their own way. <laughs> it's just thrust is better, can I say? Ugh, it's better. It's a better beer. <laughs> it's not that the others are bad. It's just better. So uh, that's what we're doing. Thrust. Uh, I'm going to have a sip and just enjoy myself for a minute. Now that the tension is gone. By the way, guys, I already said it. Thrust. It's probably the best IPA out there right now. At me all you want. I'm going to have a sip and then I'll tell you what to eat with it. You're going to be surprised. What am I going to tell you to eat with that, eh? I know, you got ideas. There's obvious choices with IPAs. Spicy food? No. No, don't waste your time. You want to eat something spicy? I had a really spicy green curry for dinner tonight. Beautiful. Fish curry? Green curry. Thai style. It was nice. Uh, I had it with a bone shaker, and I did not regret that decision it was perfect. Would I have had that green curry with this? Well, I could have. Wouldn't have been bad, but it wouldn't have helped. Sorry, I just burped. Uh, you remember the point of eating a food with the beer. It's not just to say, oh, that's nice. No. The point of the exercise is that, as they say, the sum is greater than uh, the parts, than, than the combining of the parts. I've gotten that completely wrong. But the point is, in a good pairing, one plus one doesn't equal two. It equals three, because it's not math. We're doing a different thing. Would this beer be nice with the spicy food? Yeah, yeah, maybe, probably. But we're just going one plus one equals two there. It, it would work. But it wouldn't be great. What would be great with this beer? Hmm. Honestly. And I know people know, you know, I don't eat, I tend not to eat meat. I, t I tend to, uh, I tend to pescatarian, I like seafood. I always tell you, 
eat jerk chicken, don't eat jerk, sorry, eat jerk fish, don't eat jerk chicken, all that stuff. Uh, honestly, this beer, and the thing is, it's not going to take a lot of effort, it's not going to take a lot of artistry, but this beer with some fruits and maybe uh, like a fruity type salad, if you had a bowl that had... I mean, obviously some peaches in it, but if you wanted to start tapping into some of the sub flavors, the other flavors, if you got some cantaloupe in there and some honeydew melon, you're off to a great start. Okay. If there's some white grapes, sweet, because we didn't talk about that, but those flavors are all in the beer. And maybe you're going to put some berries in there, maybe some strawberries cut up in some whole blueberries or half blueberries or however you get your blueberries. Okay, some melons, some strawberries, some blueberries. So, so far, so good, right? But right now, all we've got is a bowl of what? Fruit? Yeah, that'll work. But right now we're still talking one plus one equals two. What are we going to do to make it better? Here's what we're going to do. You're going to add two things, and I want you to be careful here because it will be easy to put in too much, and if you put in too much, the only way to fix it is to add more of everything else. So unless you've held back some two types of melons and strawberries and blueberries, you're going to find yourself in trouble. But here's what I want you to add to, again, actually, this fruit salad's incredibly specific. I don't want you to put any clementine wedges in there or mandarin orange wedges or whatever the heck else you're thinking about, okay? You've got bald cantaloupe and honeydew, two melons, great. You've got blueberries, uh, wild would be great, cultivated are fine, again, what you can get that's okay. And strawberries, and I would like you to have those strawberries. I don't want big, mainly white ones underripe from California. They need to be moderately nice strawberries, and I want you to cut them and remove the tops. Four fruits, mix them together. Uh, we want you to macerate them a little, so you're going to throw in a little sugar, not a lot. Okay, if you're talking a single serving, we're talking like an eighth of a tablespoon or I mean a teaspoon, not a tablespoon, teaspoon, just a tiny bit of sugar, a bit of sugar that you're going to mix around. That's going to get the juices flowing. But now here's the key. And you can't mix this up right before you eat it. There's two things I want you to add to that fruit salad to eat with this beer. And I have a feeling, and I'm not sure because I don't have the fruit salad in front of me because I have exactly zero of those ingredients in front of me right now. But the two things I want you to add, actually, pardon me, I do have one of the ingredients in my fridge, is rosemary and lavender. And I want you to add them two parts rosemary to one part lavender. And rosemary and lavender have a lot of similarities in scent and taste. But lavender tends to be a little bit more floral and nosy, and rosemary tends to be a little bit more evergreeny and tangy. But otherwise, their Venn diagrams are basically the same. They just have these two little bits on the side that are different. 
And uh, again, in in a bowl that you're eating on your own with this beer, we're talking like a tiny bit, just what you can kind of crumble out of your fingers of rosemary and fresh lavender or dried if you need to. But let's try and get it fresh. Mixing those floral herbal ingredients with fresh fruits for one is an underappreciated uh, flavor pairing and people don't do that stuff nearly enough. Occasionally you'll get served uh, a fruit salad that has like mint in it and that's like, oh, oh, that's interesting. Citrus and mint. Who knew? Who knew? Everybody who ever ate it. It's delicious. I want you to get some melon and some blueberry and some strawberry and some rosemary and lavender, but just a little, just enough to scent it. And you're going to have a fruit salad and you're going to eat it with this. You will notice what is not in that fruit salad is peach and mango. They're not in there. Because you're playing with the, uh, the periphery of that flavor component. Remember I said there was a Christmas tree lot, an evergreeny thing? That's the rosemary and the lavender. Peach and mango are fruity and cool, and they hit on that melon scale. The strawberry and the blueberries I was talking about, well, those hops also have those in there, but they're... They're fairly inconsequential in the taste of this beer. But if you eat them, I bet they're going to draw some of that hoppy quality out. That is the kind of pairing that this beer requires. And here's the thing. If I'm honest with you, it's boring as hell. It's a four, well, six ingredient fruit salad. It's four fruits and two herbs mixed up and sugar. So... Uh, uh, you know, add an extra one, seven ingredient, whatever. Oh, and if I'm honest with you, if you're making that fruit salad, and what did I say you're putting in an eighth of a teaspoon of sugar, then put in a pinch, a whisper of salt. And I know that freaks people out, but I'm telling you, salt wakes everything up and makes it all just kind of beautiful. And that's what you want. Is that a great pairing? I mean, no. Like, what would you do if you were serving that in a restaurant? If you were doing a five-course beer pairing uh, menu, and I propose to you, uh, this is possibly the best IPA ever, at least in the province, probably in the country, maybe anywhere. It's probably the best of its kind. So what should you serve it with? Oh, uh two types of melon, strawberries, blueberries, and some herbs. That's not super exciting. It's not a, that's not sexy, but I'm telling you, I bet it would blow your friggin' mind. It would be so good. Man, I wanted to swear there. Man, I wanted to swear there, but I hate that, that red E. Not too many episodes of these uh, Toronto Beer podcasts have the red E. And this one doesn't. Because I said friggin'. So you can thank me for that. 
I know I could also go back and just beep the words out, but I don't edit these at all. I just cut the top and the tail off and put it out there for you. Oh, and I put in that uh, bit or whatever it is at the beginning. Anyway, uh, that's what we were drinking. This is Thrust, uh, an IPA from Great Lakes. I almost feel tired now. Uh, it's beautiful. It's probably one of the best IPAs you're ever going to drink. If you live in Ontario and you like hoppy beers and you haven't had Thrust, I mean, hey, you do you, but uh, if I were you, I would get some of that. I'd get a couple. I have a few in my fridge. Where did I get them? Funny you should ask. I got them at the brewery. My tattoo artist is now working at a shop in... Uh, in Mississauga at Cothra and Lakeshore. And I can't recommend her enough, except I can because I don't think she's taking new uh, appointments. But if you want to look up Steftones tattoos or something like that on Instagram, I don't know. Look at me on Instagram because I've tagged her in it. And if you want to get in with uh, her for a tattoo, give it a try. Where she's going to say is no. Uh, she's pretty booked up, though. Uh... Anyway, she's out there. I, I had to drive out there because uh, that's, you know, you have to go where the tattoo artist is. So I stopped at Great Lakes on the way by. Uh, I think we're going to be putting some color on my back piece. By the way, my whole back. Yeah, that's a tattoo now. Um, we're going to uh, we're going to do some coloring on that and I'll probably stop at Great Lakes again. Maybe we'll just uh, mark every major tattooing uh, with an episode of the Toronto Beer Podcast featuring a Great Lakes beer. But could we do better than Thrust? I'm going to have a sip. Yeah, no, probably not. It's going to be hard to top that one. Uh, other than that, what do we got going on? Well, it was a giant blizzard today. I had a snow day at work. I biked in and they told me, you didn't have to be here. Go home. Yikes. I thought I was a mailman. Neither snow nor sleet nor rain. No, we can just disagree at the beginning. Snow, we're going to stay home. Uh, if you didn't get your mail today, yeah, you and everyone else in Toronto. Uh, you'll get it tomorrow, we hope. And uh, I'll be back at that. Uh, other than that, did you have a snow day? Was it a ton of fun? My kids had school. <laughs> it would have been super cool to be like, nah, just go out and play. Who cares? But man, they've gotten really good at this online learning thing. They didn't do that in my day. <laughs> Sorry, can I just uh, lean back into my old uh, rocking chair here on the porch with my glass of lemonade and say when I was a kid, snow days meant you didn't have to do school. Rock, rock, drink, drink. Anyway, uh, I hope you had a snow day today. And if you didn't, I thank you for whatever your service was. It was probably pretty important. Because most people mailed it in. Uh, and if you were one of the people who didn't, thank you. We appreciate you. Other than that, hey, next week, it's going to be Monday uh, in about seven days, give or take. And uh, I'll be back. I'll have a beer. Why don't you have one, too? Maybe it won't be a giant blizzard outside and we'll have something else to talk about. Uh, but regardless, until then, I hope you have a great week. Take care of yourself. Take care of the people around you if you can. Uh, you know what? 
I'm not anti-mask. I'm not anti-vax. I think you should wear a mask, and I think you should be vaxxed. But I also think, if you can, hug somebody. Give somebody you know and love and trust a hug. It'll feel good for you. It'll feel good for them. Bye.